Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Having It All podcast, the show about what it takes to live an abundant, loving life. My name is Matthew Bivens, and each week I'm helping you get out of your head so that you can truly have it all. Let's do it. Hello, hello, beautiful people. Matthew Bivens here, and welcome to another episode of the Having It All podcast. I'm excited for today's episode because I'm bringing you a guest conversation. Now, I did a lot of these when the podcast first rolled out, and I took a little bit of a break in the middle there around the you know 50s and 60 episode mark but recently i've just felt more and more inspired to bring guests onto the show because i'm learning so much from them you know I, i've really adopted this this student role the the role of the padawan and these men and women are are teaching me so many things through who they're being you know the way that they are inspiring their tribes and the way that, that they are influencing the world. And I just, I feel like you can, can get so much from these conversations. So I call them conversations and not interviews because I'm not really here to just pepper them with questions and you know ask question one and move on to question two. What I like to do is present a topic and let things flow organically. And just having these open conversations, we, we flow down into nooks and crannies and valleys of just really insightful, deep topics. And so today's episode is with a man, his name is Adam Roa, R-O-A. And Adam is a pretty incredible guy. He does a ton of things. But what really pulled at my spirit when I was introduced to Adam was his mastery over poetry. Adam is a spoken word poet, and I watched this video um, about him, him delivering one of his poems, and I absolutely loved it. The poem is called, You Are Who You've Been Looking For. And when I watched it, I said, okay, I want this guy to, uh, to come and bless the Having It All podcast with his experience and his, his insights. And so Adam and I jumped on a call, and we talked about self-love and not not in a in an esoteric way either. We talked about self-love and what it really looks like to love yourself in a very grounded and very real way. We also talked about co-creation and this fact that, you know, we are creating the reality around us and we have a choice as to how we want to experience that reality. And we really got into relationships. And this is where I think Adam really shined in the conversation. 
just everything he had to say about relationships, romantic relationships, personal relationships, business relationships. And he and his partner, Azria, are really nailing this communication thing when it comes to relationships. And so, you know, they're guiding other people through it as well. And so I wanted to bring this conversation and this topic to you all. I hope you get a lot from this conversation because I know I surely, surely did. And the show notes for this are over at firesidenetwork.com. You can search for the episode with Adam Roa. And I have links to his websites and his social media profiles. The dude is just prolific at delivering content and value to people across his many different channels from Instagram to YouTube to his podcast called The Deep Dive. So enough chit-chat. Let's get into my conversation with Adam. And because it's my style, I'm dropping you right into the middle of our conversation, right when I'm about to ask Adam to explain the inspiration behind his poem, You Are Who You've Been Looking For. So let's do it. Adam, tell me where did the... Where did this this concept come from before we really dive in and sort of unpack certain parts of it? You know, that's a, it's a really great question. I think that um, the it's what well, it's what I believe is that what we're seeing and have been seeing basically throughout all time is uh, ancient wisdom, like some ancient truths to the the world and our our reality that get repurposed and repackaged. Um, whether that's through the major religions, uh, whether it's Islam or Catholicism, Christianity, like those are, I think, speaking to some really deep truths um, that have been around from since the beginning of time, all the way up to now with like Tony Robbins and, and myself and Kyle Cease and, and these people who are also saying the same things in different ways, right, yeah. in modern times. And um I always heard growing up, like the importance of self-love, the importance of self-love. And I had no idea what that even meant. Like, what does that actually mean? And so through my own exploration of, of love and myself, because I was, I was raised, um, you know, my father's from the Philippines and um, I had the stereotypical, like stoic, non-emotional Asian father. (laughs) And so um, being open emotionally and being willing to be vulnerable and show love. Like I wasn't raised in an environment where I understood what that even meant. In fact, I was raised in an environment where I thought it was weakness to, to really show love and vulnerability. And so my path of exploration of that has led me down so many roads where I've realized that as I learn to love myself more, I can actually show up with love for others at such a deeper level. And that is um, what I say in the caption of, or at the beginning of that video, which is just your, your capacity to love others is limited only by your capacity to love yourself. Yeah. Because, um, you know, we all are, are dealing with the same things of, of being human. You know, we all have judgments. We all have, uh, some insecurities. We all have those things. And when we can love ourselves through those, when we can love those parts of ourselves, then when someone shows up in our reality, that's reflecting that back to us, we are like, wow, I see myself in you. And that allows me to love you that much more deeply. But 
when we're in, when in resistance to our own judgment and our own impatience and our own insecurity, when we're in resistance to that, when someone shows up reflecting that back to us, we immediately go into the defensive. We see the parts of ourselves that we don't love reflected back to us. And it, and it makes it that much harder to love that other person. I'm, it, you know, it's, it's not a coincidence that I'm listening to Tim Ferriss podcast this morning and it's a unique episode for his show. And he's talking about the ability to love yourself, you know, and, and the ability to love other people. And then here we are. And that's the, like the, the, the message, the opening message of this awesome video and poem that you've, that you've, uh, that you've recorded and shared. And dude, I've heard that phrase. And I know the listeners have heard that phrase so many times and in, and in many different ways, because people will put slightly different spins on it. I really want to get down into some of the, the muck and the weeds on this. And I really want it to take it from just this thing like, you know, your ability to love somebody else is reflective on how you love yourself. Great. It sounds mm -hmm. awesome. Right? It, it, it sounds great. It's type conceptually. Of thing, conceptually, <laughs> yeah. It's the type of thing that gets people to, to applaud for you when you say it on stage, right? But let's, like, mm -hmm. let's get into it a little bit and, and you know, pull it, bring it to some like, practical application on how you actually can do that and, and maybe some examples in your life or my life of how that actually shows up because, mm. you know, those concepts, they're big concepts. And how can you argue with that concept? Can't. But then are we saying, mm. you know, I have a daughter, I have a 14 month old daughter. And am I saying that? Oh, you congratulations. Know, thank you. Thank you. And, and before I jumped on the phone with you, I was in the other room just making her laugh because that's, that to me just fills my love tank up, man, just hearing her laugh. <laughs> and so as a parent, and I, and I hear that, you know, my ability to love others is reflective of my ability to love myself. I almost want, I, I can almost create a, a, a defensiveness just against that. Like, wait a minute, you're saying that I don't really love my kid or I don't really love my spouse or wait a minute, because I, I can be a little bit overly critical on myself that is capping the amount of love that I can pour into somebody else. And so I really want to just put a magnifying glass on that, you know, that, that phrase, that, that sentiment before we jump into some other stuff from your video. So what do you No, I think, I think that's a really great point. Um, because most people are, um, in a space where they can say, I, I can love others so much more easily than I can love myself. Yes. Yeah. Like that's, that's the, like the, the default, the, if you were to take the, like the mode, right. To use old, like math, <laughs> like if you were to take the most common, just random person, more than likely they would say, I can love others easier than I can love myself. And, um, we are in a society where we can pour out affection. We can pour out where we're being told, like, be of service, be of service. And yet when it comes to loving ourselves, what does that actually look like? What does that actually mean? And for me, loving myself has, has looked like facing off with my shadows. Loving myself has looked like being willing to dive into the, the quote unquote darkness of myself and, and really being present to where those judgmental thoughts are coming from, where are like one big thing in my life, for example, right, has been um, that 
when I was when I was really young, um, I had a series of events that that occurred that caused me to lose trust in myself, to lose trust in my ability to like know, say I feel this, trust my intuition, I feel this, and that that's my truth. Instead, I would start asking around. I'd be like, I'd be in relationships. I'd, I'd say, you know, does this make me a bad person if I don't go to this person's birthday party? I just feel really tired. But like, what do you think? Or would you read this text message? Like, does this come across like I'm an asshole? Like, I, I just, I didn't have the, the trust in myself, right? And when I didn't have this deep trust in myself, and I didn't even know that I was lacking it, I was going through the world and when anyone was showing up in my experience, causing me to um, have to question, have to look at what's my truth, what happens is because I am uncomfortable in that space, because I'm uncomfortable in um, my own darkness, my own shadow, my own mistrust of, of myself, then the normal reaction, what most people will do then, is project their defensiveness, their uncomfortability, their insecurity, project that out to the um, feedback mechanism that's reflecting it to them. So most of the time, that's another human being. And so we get another human being, I'm saying, they're causing me to feel this. Mm -hmm. Like, they're causing me to feel this. The discomfort I feel, the the um, insecurity that's coming to the surface right now, it's them doing this to me. Yeah. And that makes it really hard for me to love that person fully unconditionally when there's that level of almost blame for my experience happening because quote, because of them. Right. And once I started really facing off with myself and realizing, wow, this lack of trust that's showing up, this insecurity, all of that, is coming from these beliefs that I took on really early in life. And that got reinforced because I believe we're creating our reality and that the reality around us will reflect our internal belief structures. So it kept getting reinforced to me over and over throughout my life. And I said, yep, yep, totally, totally. I can't trust myself. I can't trust myself. Well, once I really faced off with that, and I said, wow, you were hurt. You were wounded. You you didn't know how to process a certain emotional experience and you made that mean something about yourself and you've been living with that for decades it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land you know what they say your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, 
when I faced off with that and I could have compassion for myself in that, when I could see myself as the wounded inner child instead of being broken, when I could see that and develop that compassion, that also allowed me to get into those same circumstances where someone was causing me to question my beliefs, question and, and rise my insecurity. And then I would look at that person and say, this isn't this person doing anything to me, right? My experience is my experience. What's happening outside of myself is a neutral result. And therefore that, that freedom from any attachment to this other person's impact on my life. That freedom allowed me to see them and hold them in a space of unconditional love as a human being. And it's really important for me to make a, um, a differential here because I, I said this when, when Donald Trump got elected <laughs> and everyone was kind of freaking out. I saw that video, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, now's the time to, to, to put your money where your mouth is, essentially. Like, can you hold unconditional love for Donald Trump at, just as a human being? Mm. Because here's the thing, all those people, and here's another example, I, I go off on these tangents. Go, <laughs> so go, I'm yeah. Just, I'm stop me you. at any time. <laughs> but um, like when, when, that, Don, when Donald Trump got elected, my Facebook feed, which is normally full of all these people posting motivational memes and videos and saying things like I'm saying right now of like, um, it starts with self-love and, and love. Can you love others unconditionally? Like all that stuff. As soon as Trump got elected, my feed had these same people lashing out and being like, I live in this, how am I surrounded by so many racists? Like, how could you be so ignorant and like anger and, and vitriol and just like all of this stuff that was being projected outward. And the thing is that what they were upset about with Donald Trump and his basically willingness to wear his racism and his all of that stuff out on his sleeve and not hide it. Well, that's coming from a fear-based place. That's coming from a fear-based place of, oh, it's, it's um, the immigrants, it's the Mexicans, we need to build a wall, we need to stop allowing immigrate. Like all of those things are actions coming out of fear and that can look like anger. Sometimes when we get afraid, we lash out in a defensive way in anger. And Donald Trump's doing it on a very public way. And yet it's reflective of what so many people who are preaching about love also have harbored deep within themselves. And it came out when he got elected. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it, 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 it rose to the surface. It did. And it's interesting. Um, there's another video on, on your, on your page that I wanted to jump into later on, but it's about the stress is not an excuse, you know, where, where you're talking about having mm. that stressful event in your relationship. And, um, your partner, what's her name again? Azria. Azria. Okay, yeah. Um, she says stress is triggering something that's always within you. So, the, and you mentioned mm -hmm. this a couple of times. The event itself is neutral, right? So, so somebody being elected is neutral. Somebody saying something to you is neutral. What's happening is it's triggering that thing that's within you. So it's so funny that when when this neutral event happens, you know, it's like you said it. That's the opportunity for you to walk your talk. You know, it's the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Those folks that you saw on your feed, my feed was the same way, man. It blew up. It, <laughs> I, I, my the number of people I was I was actively following dropped dramatically after that event, just mm. because it was like, wow, okay, that's 
that's that's what that's what what was in you and was just waiting to come out. And so, and it, that's the thing. And they'll go ahead. No, 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 go, go. You go. <laughs> no, I was just saying, like that's that's the thing. Where they'll say it's everyone's fault for this event happening, and because this event happening, I'm justified in my whatever that I want to spout out. Yeah. And the thing is, what's coming out of you, that eruption was always there. So how grateful can we have gratitude in our hearts for the, the neutral event that showed up and gave us the opportunity to see that this was in us? Because without the event, we never see it. When everything's going awesome, when everything's great, when we're, when we're living a life of abundance, like, oh, it's so easy for me to talk about love and, and happiness and, and loving yourself to love others. It's easy when we're in that space. And then when something happens that is challenging, when something happens that may be the exact opposite of what we wanted to happen, do we still, can we still hold that same belief or are all of our doubts, our insecurities, our fears going to rise to the surface because now there's a trigger for them. Yeah. And yeah. that's ultimately when I say, you know, your capacity to love others is limited only by your capacity to love yourself. What I'm talking about is those parts of ourselves that we haven't faced off with yet the parts of ourselves that are hiding in the closet, they're hiding in the closet because we're, ch we're choosing not to, to look at them. We don't want to look at them. They're uncomfortable. And once, and yet for me, like I will, I put out a video, I put out two videos about this one, literally on the day it was announced that he got elected talking about the same thing. Like this is a chance for us to walk the talk. This is a chance for us to show, can we keep love in our hearts? And the reason I feel I was able to have that stance is because I'd already been facing off with all the parts of myself that felt like the world is unfair, all the parts of myself that felt like there's no point in even trying. There's like those parts of myself I have, I've faced off with over and over and over again and learned to love them and learn to love the, the events that happened that even created those beliefs. And because of that, say, wow, I can love Donald Trump. I can see why you're saying the things you're, you're saying. I can see why you have the, the beliefs that you have. And I can love you through that because I've loved myself through that. And I hope that ultimately wraps up like your question about diving into what does that look like? But that's my place. That's where I come from. Yeah. Talk to me about what it has looked like for you, like what it actually looks like when you know you you're you're facing off with your darkness as you say like i i get that there's introspection and there's some mm -hmm. some confrontation of uh maybe events in your past things that maybe you did or maybe regrets that you have or maybe things that you know traumas in your life um that you might be looking at but you know if talk to me about what those things what your process actually is for the person out there who says you know what I recognize that I have these these things that are in my life. I recognize that they are holding me back in, in certain aspects, holding me back from having the relationships that I want with myself, other people, and life in general. And I want mm -hmm. to take action on that, but I don't know what to do. So talk to us a little bit about your process on, on going through that for yourself. Yeah, that's a great question. I think that the first step is always awareness. Uh, awareness gives us choice. So um, a lot of times the, the person goes to uh, a Tony Robbins event or attends a workshop or listens to this podcast or whatever, and they 
are given awareness and awareness gives us choice. What is confusing sometimes is that um, sometimes people think that the awareness is change, Mm. but the awareness is not actually change. If you go to a three-day yoga retreat and you learn this stuff about yourself, that's great. And then when you return to the world, you're not necessarily changed. You have the awareness, which now gives you the choice to change. And change happens through action. And so um, the, for me, the first step is always awareness. So when I'm working with a client, it's about looking at the parts of our lives that are um, uncomfortable, the parts of our lives that we may want to shift, and the parts of our lives that we love. And recognizing that all of those things are reflecting back to us part of our internal state. So if you see life around you as a reflection of your internal, then you can use the life around you as a way of identifying some of what's going on inside. I love that. And so totally love that. I look at, yeah, so I look at that and I say, wow, this is, So this is what's showing up in my life. This is a pattern. Okay, what does that mean? And through maybe, I listen nonstop to to podcasts. I listen, I watch YouTube videos of people that I I respect as mentors. I um, hire coaches and take workshops and, and do all of those things. And all of those things give me deeper awareness of myself. And that awareness will give me the choice to take action, to shift into um, more of the person that I want to be, which in turn creates more of the life I want to live. I dig that. And I, you know, I want to synthesize some of that down kind of says some action steps. And the, the, the first thing that you really hit on was awareness was, was seeking and, and, and creating that awareness about, you know, what is going on and some of the patterns that you're seeing and the, the, your internal state that is then being manifested in what you're experiencing. So having that awareness. Mm-hmm. And then another thing that you said, which I love, is that change happens with action. So you create that mm-hmm. awareness and then you have, you, now you have that option, that option to take some sort of action. And it's when you take that, that action, the uplifting your energy, that, that heals, that, the action in that direction, then you can start seeing some changes. And another thing that I heard you say was, I... I use the word environment and putting yourself in powerful environments and making sure that the information that you're intaking in, into your body is, is powerful and healthy and, you know, just empowering. And you, you mentioned podcasts and coaches and um, books and things like that. And so that's another one of the, the tasks or the, the, the checklist items that I had from, from your response, awareness, action, yeah. and the consuming of powerful resources. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that the consuming of powerful resources is what gives you the awareness. Mm. I think that, um, you know, I, everything I do really is about giving people awareness. First of all, my podcast, my videos I put out, uh, the workshops I run, even, even working with people one-on-one is all about first and foremost giving people the awareness. And then once they have the awareness, they have choice. I can't make the choice for them. Yeah. And so once they, they have the awareness, they have choice, and they wanted to take some action steps to change, now it's about, okay, how do we give this person the tools to do that? How, do, how can they be supported in that? And I think 
it, it's important to note to to make a note that this is why um, coaching and mentorship is so so important because um, while we may be able to listen to a podcast and we may be able to read a book and, and gain new levels of awareness, there are always things that will exist in our blind spots. There will always be things in our blind spots that just we cannot see by the very nature of our perspective and our lens. We can't see things in our blind spot. And um, in order to see the things in the blind spot, we need a mirror of some kind. And that's where mentorship is so, so crucial in my opinion. And it's why when you look at the best in the world at anything, when you look at, um, you know, the, the Michael Jordans of the world and the Michael Phelps and, and whoever, they had coaches. Yeah. And the coaches couldn't ne- necessarily execute better than them. But what they could do is they had a perspective that could see the blind spots that Michael Phelps couldn't see or Michael Jordan couldn't see. Michael Jordan, when he's taking the shot, is not able to see like his, his necessarily his elbow or the bend in his knees or whatever. And like, those are the things that are just in the blind spot that aren't necessarily um, going to come to the surface just because you read a book. And so I think that having valuable mirrors reflecting back to you um, perspectives that you can't see on your own is invaluable. And that doesn't have to be paid coaching, but that's, it's a huge reason why like the life coaching business has just been like skyrocketing recently, I think as people are becoming aware of this, but also it could just be like forming a group with people that you really respect and trust and just meeting once or twice a month to, to discuss things and get different perspectives. And I think that's really, really valuable as well. Absolutely. I, I am a huge, huge advocate of uh, coaching and mentorship. And I love how you said, you know, having somebody to help point out your blind spots. And I know for me, the, you know, my, my coaches and mentors um, recently have, have really helped pick out those blind spots in terms of some of my uh, limiting beliefs and some of those uh, conversations I was having about myself physically that was showing up in my body in the form of uh, different injuries and kind of plaguing ailments and things like that. And in the past, um, they've really helped me to see my my conversation around money and the ability to mm. attract and create money. And that's been just just phenomenally eye-opening. And then purely from an ROI perspective, I mean, it's 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 paid itself over and over because, you know, they helped me to to see that have that awareness around the money conversation and then I can go and making some some changes on it. And so I'm curious mm. for you, what are what are one or two blind spots that your coaches and mentors over the years have helped you to uh to see and and navigate around or, you know, transmute? <laughs> yeah, I mean so so many. Uh the one of the biggest changes changing points pivotal moments in my life was hiring my first life coach and and starting to uncover things like um i had a, a deep rooted belief that um what that we are like forged in the fire right forged in the fire what doesn't kill you makes you stronger like these these beliefs that at a deep level what it means is that you're stronger because you struggle. 
Yeah. Right. You're strong because you struggle. And the truth is that deep down, I believe that we as human beings, as as the these spiritual beings having a human experience, that we are connected to like an infinite wellspring of of strength and courage and and capacity to love and all these things. I don't believe that we're limited in that. If we can connect to whatever spiritual belief that you may have listening to this, like God, universe, source, divine, like whatever you want to call it. When we connect to that, I think that our capacity for anything is, is infinite. And, um, and so when I have the belief, when I did have the belief that, you know, I'm strong because of my struggle, what ultimately I'm saying is if I want to be stronger, I'm going to call in more struggle. Like they go hand in hand. That's like the path to strength is struggle and what I can, what to prove to myself, what I can overcome. And man, when like that singular belief was able to, to start being moved through and processed out of my system, life became so much easier. The, the, the amount of, uh, traumas and accidents and and just things that were happening leading up to eventually my spiritual awakening that the, the like going all in on this new path that um if i were to look at the before and after of those things it's not even comparable yeah it's not even close and i think that that's an example of how these beliefs really really deep-rooted beliefs can be impacting people and they don't even know that that's the reason they don't even know that they have that belief and that that might be the reason why they've had the car accident and why they got fired from their job and their relationships ending like that may be the thing because they feel like it's going to make them stronger on some deep level like it's it's a really complex game and that's that's one of the big ones that pops into my head um that i i've been able to work through oh that's awesome it's huge it's huge and and i like how you you said you might just be repeating that pattern and repeating that conversation because of this belief that you're not even aware of, you know, you're not even aware of it. And yet it's working, you know, it's doing its thing under the surface. And I've had a bunch of those, those types of beliefs, you know, I've had the belief about the only way to create that success is to grind, 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 you know, work 14 hour days and stuff like that. And back when I, um, before I was married, I had this, this belief that it had to do with relationships and I, I want to pivot into relationships a little bit. Uh, I had this belief that it, I was not allowed to be happy if she wasn't happy and that, mm. and, and, and you know, the, the kicker was the, our relationship was strong because of that. Our relationship was healthy because I couldn't be happy if she wasn't happy. And dude, uh, I don't know yeah. where I picked up that belief. But holy shit, let me tell you the, the, the roller coasters of just everything that um, were the result of that belief. And so I know that, that you are just this, I don't know, you've, you've said and, and written some really profound things on relationships. And I've really admired Thank your you. transparency. Yeah, yeah, with, um, when it comes to relationships. And not just romantic relationships, but you know, you, you put it really nicely. So, um, I want you to share a little bit about, um, the slinky effect and Mm -hmm. relationships and sort of, uh, some of the, 
the 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 work that you do with folks around that yeah um well the slinky effect is a company that uh my partner azri and i started together um we have now been in a committed relationship uh this month actually will be nine years um and so thank you yeah it's (laughs) it's it's a wild ride romantic relationships as you know and um yeah, the, the slinky effect is a um, symbol for how we view healthy relationships. And so if you have a slinky, you have two ends, and that would ref, uh, be the two people in a relationship. And what generally will happen, right, if a, if a slinky is to move forward, if we are actually going to have the slinky have some form of momentum through life, then one end of the slinky will go forward. And that's represented by someone having some sort of experience of growth, right? So maybe you listen to this podcast and that sparks some stuff in your head and you start thinking about new things. That's, that's literally some, some growth that you've had. That's a slinky forward. And now the other person has a conscious choice in the matter. Now when that, that slinky end goes forward, they can be pulled forward by the person they're in relationship with. They can go, wow, that's amazing, and allow that to motivate them into their own growth. And generally what I've seen happen is their own growth then catapults them forward and maybe in a, in a slightly different way so that it pulls the other person forward. And one by one, these ends of the slinky keep tumbling forward in the same direction. And that is the relationship that we have, and that's, the rela- that's how we see healthy relationships um, moving. And that's not just romantic, that's business partnerships, friendships, that's um, your relationship actually with the universe itself and the, the, the universe around you, where you have some massive growth. And then the reality around you is going to shift to reflect that growth that you've had. And once that reality around you shifts, it will surpass, it will provide you the opportunity to continue growing. It will leap past you like a slinky and you can now use that to catapult yourself into your next stage of evolution. And um, if someone doesn't, what often happens is one person can have this growth and uh, the other person can be threatened by that. The other person can say, that's just not the direction I wanna go. The other person, could plant their feet in the ground and say, I don't want to change. And that end of the slinky eventually becomes a ball and chain. Mm. And now you just have one end that's dragging the other person through life. And it will eventually either lead to both ends just stopping and there being no further growth in the relationship at all in either individual, or it'll snap and the relationship's over at that point. You know, I love the, the visual of the slinky that it gives me, you know, especially like moving up the stairs because I, you know, I, I definitely experienced that with my partnership uh, right now, but it definitely was not always that way, you know? And, and with previous relationships, you know, I, there was this sense of avoiding personal growth or, or mm-hmm. being intimidated because I didn't want to, you know, or maybe my partner felt intimidated and it was just this things are, it's, it's, it's getting okay being comfortable, getting okay being mm-hmm. comfortable with, with where I'm at. And so I'm curious for you and the work that you've done with other couples um, and, you know, in past relationships with yourself, 
when one person is feeling like either the lead end of the slinky constantly um, or they they want something more for the relationship and they you know want something more for their from their partner what are the tor- types of mm-hmm. things that you talk to the to them about because you and I are, are the types who I you know I believe subscribe to that belief of co-creation and consciousness creates and and putting things out mm-hmm. there so I'm I'm curious what you have to say for the people who might have created a partner in their life that is not not so down with the growth yeah, I mean that's that's a tough one. I, I find that um, the biggest thing that a lot of people are surprised to hear from Azra and myself when we talk about relationships is that we both feel that the individual is more important than the relationship. Talk and about that. I like people, that. Yeah, people are like, what? What? Well, it's it's because. I believe that the individual through being fully fulfilled now has the ability to show up fully in the relationship. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And where this gets, where there's any part of like fear that comes into that is the idea, well, what if what fully fulfills me is like, I, I want to go like live in an ashram in India for like three months. Like, what if that's what I want to do? Right. And she doesn't want to do that. Well, yeah, our paths of fulfillment may lead us in different directions. And that's, that's where there can be some level of fear and an understanding that my happiness and her happiness ultimately is more important than anything else, including the longevity of the relationship. Like if it gets to a point where um, the, the thing that would make both of us the happiest, where we can live and, and be excited to wake up every single morning and, and just love life fully means not being together, then that's, that's what it means because the individual is so much more important. And with that being said, it's every, we wake up every day with the intention of loving each other fully. We wake up with the intention of spending the rest of our lives together. We live with the intention of raising a family together. Like that is our intention and that is our hope. And there's not a attachment of my own happiness to that result. Mm -hmm. I am going to live a life of happiness no matter what. That is what I'm committed to. And it is my deepest desire and hope that that looks like the two of us being together 
for the rest of our lives. And so, um, did that answer your question? It did, and it and it really opened up a whole new avenue because I want to explore this because I know that there's some folks out there who just became insanely anxious by what you said. <laughs> Seriously, the, the, this totally. idea. Oh, that, I know. Yeah, the idea that listen, you know, my as an individual, my individual happiness and fulfillment is is what I'm going to seek and create first before the you know the relationship i boy because i was there man i was in 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 that space where that sort of sentiment would have terrified me and probably would have would have uh, influenced me to turn off the podcast episode because i would didn't want to hear more hopefully people are still listening (laughs) yeah yeah you know the the courageous ones are because it's an insanely confronting notion Mm -hmm. so yeah i think go go I, I, I just feel like um, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, who are you living this life for? And any time that we place our happiness outside of ourselves, we are disempowering ourselves for anything. And that, that's easy to understand when you have people saying things like, oh, when I get money, I'll be happy. Like we hear that yeah. and we're told all the time that that's not true. And we're like, we're, and people still have a resistance to um, the idea that it's not true, right? Like when you have a celebrity, excuse me, when you have a celebrity that says, you know, fame's not going to make you happy, money's not going to make you happy, people go, well, that's easy for you to say. Yep, yep. That's easy for you to say because you're famous and you're rich. Like you have everything that I want, like easy for you to say. Well, who else could say it? Like who else could tell you that other than someone who's gotten it? And um, yet we still have that resistance to that because when, when we stop putting our happiness in the hands of something external, what that means is that it becomes entirely our responsibility. Our happiness now is entirely in our hands, 100%. And that's scary. That's super scary. That's, that's a heavy weight for people to start really accepting for themselves. And I think that that's where we can find people in relationships that they don't want to be in and huge resistance to leaving those relationships because, um, because the idea that, that they will be single again, the idea that this person who has made them happy is no longer making them happy. Well, what then? Like, like going on that journey of like, well, what does make me happy? Right. That's, that's super scary. And I get that. And I, and I understand that. And I have a lot of compassion for that. But at the same time, like I have a client that I'm working with right now who um, I started working with and he contacted me because he's in the midst of what may be a divorce. He's not not sure which direction it's going to go. And what, what I said to him, and this is where it's different from like marriage counseling, is I said, listen, I'm not working with you to save your marriage. Yeah. That's, mm. that's not the point. The point for me is to work with you to find out what is your joy. What brings you happiness? What, is, what does your life look like for you to show up as the highest 
most aligned version of yourself every single day. And maybe the relationship you're in was that for a time. And maybe it's run its course where now what you want out of life, you can't get in your current relationship because that's not what she wants. And if that's not what she wants, she will never be able to give you the thing that you most crave currently at this place in your life. And for that reason, I'm telling you, I'm not here to save your marriage because that might not ultimately be the thing that brings you happiness. I'm here for, to help you find your happiness. And the, the evolution of two human beings in a relationship, I think there's nothing more beautiful than when two people continue to evolve in the same direction. Yes. Where we continue to evolve as individuals and um, I, I read a book a long time ago called The Road Less Traveled, and it has this great symbolism that, I, that still sticks with me, which is that relationships are a Venn diagram. And that, for people who remember from school, Venn diagram are those two circles that overlap. And you have the things in one circle that don't touch the other circle, and then you have the things in the middle that both circles share. That's like two individuals entering into a relationship that shared overlap of this Venn diagram is the relationship. The other parts of it are the individual. And the healthy thing in a relationship is for both of those circles to continue to expand. And as both circles continue to expand, who I am as an individual continues to expand. I get to find out more about myself. I get to find out more about what I love and what makes me happy. And because I'm expanding and she's expanding, the shared part, the relationship also expands. The depth of what we share as two individuals continues to expand. We get to know more aspects of each other. The relationship expands and the individual expands. But what often happens is you have one person that continues to grow and expand and swallows that other circle. So now that other circle is just completely engulfed and doesn't even know who he or she is outside yeah. of the relationship mm. or you have both individuals that literally just expand in different directions. Seven, so now there's yeah. no more relationship. There's no more overlap. And um, neither, none of that is wrong. None of that is bad. But if we're not being honest with ourselves with what's actually happening and what's actually being reflected back to us in our relationship, then we are not, we don't have the awareness and therefore we don't have the choice to make the changes that will lead ultimately to our happiness. And people can ask themselves, if you're listening to this right now, you ask yourself, what is more important to you? Being happy or being in your relationship? And being happy to me means looking at parts of yourself that may not be fully happy. That's how we get to happiness is we go through. The only way out is through. So we, we go into the parts of ourselves that may be unhappy, that may be unfulfilled. And we ask those questions. Why do I feel this way? And that's going to give us the awareness, like we talked about earlier, and that's going to give us the choice. And then once we have the awareness and we start making the, the choices for change, the person in that relationship isn't like a stranger. This is someone you love who you've been in a relationship with for who knows how long. You invite them along on this journey. And hopefully, if it's both your intention, hopefully it leads you in the same direction. But that's not a guarantee. And that's why people get so afraid to go down the personal development path 
is because the possibility that they will have to leave behind all the things that they currently are identifying with, their, their relationship, their job, their family, their friends, like the idea that the path that might bring them the most happiness looks very different than the one that they're comfortable in, that fear causes people to stay exactly where they are. And that, that staying exactly where they are, they either develop resentment towards their relationship, their friends, their family, their job, or they just kind of give up. They just kind of like, this is just what it is. And um, that to me, I'm more afraid of that than anything. The fear of just complete stagnation and, and apathy. Mm. Mic drop moment, dude. <laughs> yeah. Everything you said, I'm just, I'm here nodding. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I like how you, you, you mentioned that the personal development work can be terrifying. It absolutely can be. And I, and I know, I know that from my own experience and just from, from uh, speaking with others and receiving you know, emails and notes from listeners that just going down that path where you self-examine, where, like you say, you take a look at your shadows and I mean, that, that it's, it's, it can be insanely hard. So it's the hardest work that mm -hmm. I've done personally, most challenging and also the most rewarding. <laughs> you know? As often is the case, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a terrifying thing, man, to, to face off, um, with your discomfort and your fear. It is, it is understandably scary because, um, I mean, there's a, there's a reason why our brains work in a very interesting way where, um, we are, it's, it's, there's something called the backfire effect, which is where when someone questions your, your belief, your brain, the amygdala in your brain responds the same as if you were being physically threatened. And so what that shows is that we identify our actual like physical safety with our identity, our beliefs, right? The beliefs that we've de decided are our identity. And um, so therefore, the act of personal development, the act of actually going and taking a good hard look at what is our belief? What is the, the identity that we've associated with? Like, what are those things? And are those true for us anymore? Like, we're actually our brain is responding as if we're going into a physically unsafe uh, endeavor. And I think that um, it takes a lot of courage and also understanding that nothing you're going to uncover is being implanted by the work. You're only uncovering something that's already there. Mm. And so like, if you if you're worried about well what if I find out that that I'm I'm not happy in my my 15 year marriage, well that's because you're already not happy in your 15 year marriage. Yeah, like yeah. that's already the case. It's already there. It's just a matter of whether or not you have awareness of it. So going down the path of personal development and really asking these questions isn't your anything you uncover is already there, and and that's a very important thing that I try and reinforce with all of my clients because um, 
now it, it, it becomes a little less scary because it's already impacting your life, whether you know it or not. It's impacting your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, think, I think a lot of times, not, I don't know if it's a lot, I think it happens where we know it's impacting our lives and we just want to push mm-hmm. it down and we want to try to ignore it. And we think if we can ignore it for another month, another year, things will either shift or I'll just forget about it or, you know, it just dissolves. And that just doesn't happen. No, it only gets harder. Yeah. It only gets like the, the more time that you wait to, to really start looking at this stuff, it only becomes more difficult because there's more energy that has been put into the old way. There's only been more time invested in the relationship. There's only been more um, uh, like people who are in jobs that they really dislike. It's, it's almost like a cliche at this point, right? It's like I, I work a job that I really hate because I need to pay the bills and then I get to be myself on the weekend. Like that, that's like, it's become almost like a cliche where, you know, it's so common to see in movies and things like that. And uh, the question that I always ask is like, who's forcing that on you? Like if you were to, and, and I've, one of the most common things that people will, will say to me is, Oh yeah. But like, I have all these responsibilities, right? Like I have to, I have to, provide for my family. I have to do this. I have to do that. And just the, the idea that you have to, that's a, that's a phrase that I I've eliminated from uh, my vocabulary as much as possible because it's so disempowering, right? The idea that you have to do anything. What happens if you don't Yeah. like what happens if you, Matthew, just walk away from all of the quote unquote responsibilities that you have? Right now, are you going to feel good about it? No. But what actually happens? Does the world end? Does like life itself cease to exist? Do you die? Does your entire family pass away? Like, what is the thing that happens other than the emotional pain and maybe the guilt you might feel and like what goes on inside of you and the, the difficulties that others may have as a result of it. But at the end of the day, you don't have to do anything. And I think that part of this is reminding people that they're empowered. If you're working a job that you hate, it's not because you have to, it's because you choose to. And that's okay. Like, totally fine. If you're choosing to, why are you choosing to? You're choosing to because you love your family so much that you will do anything to provide for them. Great. What a different perspective than uh, then I have to work this job because I have these responsibilities. What a what more empowering decision to make. I love my family so much and it gives me joy to provide for them. And that's the, that's the true reason that people start a job that they may hate and feel like they have to, but that's underneath it is that love. And so tapping back into that and empowering themselves through choice, the reason that's scary is because then when you're admitting to yourself that you're choosing every day to go to a job you hate, well, now there's, there's nothing to blame. Yeah. You can't blame the responsibility anymore. And taking ownership of that is a really scary thing. 
for most people. Yeah, absolutely can be. But man, when when you do, I've experienced you, you feel like you feel like a superhero when when you realize that it's it's within your your hands and your capabilities and you know, especially just looking at those those things that make you uncomfortable, create the fear within you and continuing to move through them anyway. All of those things mm-hmm. collectively in my experience have literally like I'm a big, you know, comic book nerd, sci-fi nerd, and all of those things have made me feel like I have these superpowers where it's like, mm-hmm. you can't touch me. Like like life circumstances <laughs> can't phase me. And it's it's a beautiful thing that I've I've seen happen in other people um, in their lives. And I can imagine you've just experienced some just profound transformation in your own life, your own relationships, and in, in the people you work with. And, you know, it's been... It's been over an hour now of us just just diving in on these topics and just going. I've just been ranting. Oh man, like <laughs> I, ha- I get so passionate about this stuff, man. I just I I talk about it all day, seriously. Oh man, I, I don't I don't even consider it rants. I feel like they're downloads. It's just universal truths being downloaded through you and just coming out. And you know, you're passing along these these ideas and these new paradigms and all these things for myself and and everyone listening to chew on and. Um, I'm incredibly grateful because, you know, I, I get an opportunity to learn and I, and I, and I really enjoy being in that space of learning. And I realize on this conversation, I'm like, man, there's, there's a lot of things I want to now go and, and dive into deeper because Adam, you've sparked this little, this, this curiosity within me and, and you've, you've identified some spots within me and my understanding that I think I'm going to go and explore and, and get stronger within. And wow. I've I've got all these notes here. I'm like, boy, I've, I checked off two of the ten different things I wanted to get into, but I love it because these these tangential conversations are are where the gems are, and so I appreciate you. I really do. And um, as we come to a close here, I would just love for you to be able to drop one more gem on the listeners. You know, some message that they can uh, walk away with and sort of meditate on for a little bit. Um, as they turn off this episode, what would that be? Wow. Um, yeah, let's see. I mean, my the message that I hope is encapsulated in every single thing that I do and every word that I say is a reminder for people that they are seen, they are heard, and they are loved. And I believe that most of the the world's ills, if we'll call them that, happen because there are people who aren't feeling that. They aren't feeling that. And I have found in my own life and all the people that I've ever worked with, there is so much love and support around, available, especially in this age of the internet and telephones. Like there is just so much available to people that most of the time what's really going on is that we have closed ourselves off to the receiving of that love and that support. It's not because it's not there. It's because we are not allowing ourselves to truly receive it, whether that's because we don't feel worthy of it, whether that's because we're scared of what it might mean to start walking that path, or whether we actually legitimately have never even thought about that before. I believe that the ability 
to open up and allow in the infinite abundance of joy, love, happiness, and support, and that it's available to everyone is a, a worthy pursuit. And all of the time and energy that you can uh, allocate to that pursuit will pay massive dividends. And um, everything I do is aligned with, with supporting people in that. And so I hope that if anything I said or a lot of what I said has resonated with you, um, I put out so much stuff for free and, and literally not costing a dime, whether it's podcasts or videos or Facebook or Instagram or any of that, um, you can find that support, whether it's through me or someone else. And, and I encourage you to uh, begin that journey if you haven't already. But if you're listening to this, you probably already started. So continue. <laughs> well done. <laughs> that was beautiful, man. That really was. And um, please tell the listeners where they can go to connect with you because you've got a lot of, of online real estate. So where can they go to <laughs> learn more about you, connect with you, reach out to you if they have questions or maybe they, they want to you know, ask about your coaching services? Where can they go to do that stuff? Yeah, so adamroa.com, A-D-A-M-R-O-A.com is my, my uh, website. The, you can find me online on Facebook. Primarily is my number one mode, which is you can find me at Adam Roa. Um, and then on Instagram, at adam.roa. Um, I'm also on there. And then lastly, my podcast, which is called The Deep Dive with Adam Roa, um, is freely available. iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you, you get your podcast, Stitcher, that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, just, you know, stay in contact. It's, it's been amazing. I just toured a show, um, in Australia and it was amazing to see people in the audience who knew each other from the like online tribe that's forming where they comment on some of my posts and things like that. And they knew each other because of that. That's and wild. so they're real. <laughs> yeah, it's super wild. And so there's like, there really is a tribe that's available um, to you, if you'd like to be a part of it, please, you know, just join up, engage in the conversation. I know you and Azria are also launching something as well. So tell us about that real quick. Yeah, we're launching, uh, Azria and I are actually launching a, um, in at 1 PM, what time is it? It's 12, 11. Yeah. So in an hour we're getting on a Facebook live and launching, uh, the application process for a group program that we're going to, uh, start in January. Uh, and so it's going to be limited to 33 people or less. That's sp specifically for um, some of the stuff we may have like touched on today, but uh, goes way deeper, like the metaphysics and epigenetics and, and like that sort of stuff. We're really going to dive into that plant medicine. We're going to bring in like ayahuasca shamans as guest speakers so people can really dive into some of the conversations that I don't think are happening as openly in the personal development space. Um, and so we're, we're creating a platform for that and application process opens in like uh, an hour. And where can they go to, to learn about that? That's going to be um, the slinkyeffect.com slash AF18, which stands for Ancient Future 18, AF18. Yes, yes. And, you know, this is me speaking to, to you all listening right now. Um, I truly have enjoyed Adam's content. I, I mean, 
you know, there's a lot of people out there in the quote unquote, you know, personal development space talking about different things. But Adam has this really amazing ability to blend the the science with the the stuff that's sometimes a little bit harder to to grasp and put our arms around. And you you combine with that a real vulnerability and transparency that um, I personally appreciate. That's something that uh, it's one of my, my, my big values is, you know, authenticity. And um, I get that in your content. And so Adam has amazing content. I mean, he puts it out on all these different platforms. Uh, YouTube, like he mentioned, his podcasts over on Instagram. Just go check it out. This dude is just dumping so much free value onto folks. So consume it. And um, Adam, I am very, very grateful for your time. I know we went over a little bit. But man, we were flowing. No, it's all good, so. man. I appreciate you so much and, and what you're doing. Um, and and I look forward to continuing to stay connected, man, because I, I feel like you're you have a mastery. I've done a lot of these, right? I, I not only do I host the podcast, but I'm interviewed for quite a bit and and you have a real mastery of of continuing these conversations and going down particular paths that are uh, of the most value for people. So thank you. Appreciate you. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.